is so good to be with you this morning. For all of you who are uh, biological, spiritual, uh, legal fathers in the house, we, we want to honor you today um, for all you do and all you are, uh, no matter how you feel about yourself this morning uh, and your, your role in the family or whatever, we, we want to honor you this morning. Um, that was definitely two very moving stories um, and the last one about the parable of uh, however you want to describe it, two lost sons, the, the prodigal son, the loving father, but from Luke 15. A parable of how much God as a father cares for the lost. Now, lost surely does apply to those who don't know Christ in that salvation sense. But it also applies to so much more when we think of lost. It applies to those who are worn down, who've lost motivation, lost energy, lost resources. It applies to those who are out of answers, who've lost focus, lost purpose, lost hope. It applies to those that have walked away from faith. They've lost their first love. Loss can be like a father, like Danny, in his story, living through the unimaginable, having to see your son pass away almost in your arms. And yet it can also be like Danny, sharing how he found the strength in God to forgive the unforgivable. Loss. It can be our view of identity, can't it? We feel at a loss to know how to describe ourselves and who we are. We feel lost in this world and don't know what's going on. Loss can also be about the lack of direction. We may know who we are. We just don't know how to get to where we want to go. And we feel lost, directionless. And this is why on Father's Day, We want to look to our heavenly father, a father who cares for the lost, all those types of lost. And we want to pray and we want to ask God to really set our hearts towards all that could be lost. Because together, as a church at Life Center, we believe that our father is getting his church ready to pour out his spirit on her with a fresh anointing so that in 2021 and into 2022, we can be running towards the lost in new ways to help them find their way home. And to do this, we need to be more like the Father. And together, what we need to do is just just keep making those adjustments so we look more like Him. And so today, as a father, myself, of Six, there's four over there and two over here. Um, I have only a few observations, not six points, not one for every kid or anything like that. Uh, I have a few observations I'd like to share with you from Luke chapter 15. The first is this, that we need a fresh infilling of compassion. To understand the significance of what the Father does, in all the stories that we've seen this morning and from the prodigal son 
the story or the parable Jesus tells. We need to know exactly what the son did in that story in squandering his inheritance. See, this is the youngest son. And in, in Jewish culture, the older son would have a two-thirds right to the inheritance that the father would, would give him and pass on. And the younger son would have a one-third right to it. Usually that was, that was given uh, when the father passed away. The, the older son would have all the land. He would take all the land and he would kind of cash out the brother as far as here's your uh, share or your portion of this. And you're, now you can work this with me, work the land with me, grow the land, grow what we have together. But I'm giving you like a cash portion as I inherit the land. And that's how it would turn out. And so in this story that Jesus tells about a son who wants his inheritance before his father's death, that right to that inheritance would have been culturally very insensitive and culturally wrong for him to ask for that at that time. That was something that usually happened after the passing of a father. And the request to that was basically, it was almost like wishing that your father was dead that your father wasn't around anymore. And then returning home like you would eventually do and the restoring of that son back into relationship, that meant a renewing of the responsibility for the older son, the older, the, his brother that was still there with, with his father. He, he had now, again, responsibility for his younger brother. So let's read a little bit of, of Luke chapter 15 now. And this is, this is when the prodigal son has, has come. He's taken from his father his inheritance. And he's, he's left. And he's wasted all of his inheritance by this point. He's partied. He's lived it up. He's squandered it all in a foreign country. Uh, not really paying attention to what he's done. And it's gotten so bad that he's now, um, he's being taken, he's taking care of pigs. Which in their culture would have been uh, an an absolute um, cultural disgrace because they weren't allowed to deal with pigs, have pigs, raise pigs, eat uh, pork or anything like that. And so this was a massive, uh, this is as low as it could get beyond uh, before, you know, basically death. So let's pick it up in chapter, uh, chapter 15, verse 17 to 20. But he, when he came to himself, this is the, the younger brother. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. His father was looking for him. His father wasn't just doing his business, carrying on like his son had died. He, the father would look and see for the son that he had lost. And when he saw him coming, he wasn't filled with anger. He wasn't filled with rage. He wasn't filled with like, I knew he would come back. I knew he'd come back groveling because of what he had done to me. He doesn't say that. doesn't do that. He's filled with compassion. And then he does something culturally that they didn't do. Older men in that culture would not run. 
They only, only walk places, and yet he ran, and he embraced him and kissed him. And with that embrace and that kiss, what was, what was broken, what was basically said, you're dead to me, Dad. Give me my inheritance and let me go on my way. He restores that. And he says, I don't care that you thought I was dead. I'm kissing you. I'm embracing you. The father sees his son. He feels compassion for him. And this is what compassion is. Compassion is not so much what you say as what you do. Compassion is not so much what you say as what you do. The father probably says more with his embrace than he could ever say with his words. I know as a father, I can use that constant reminder that sometimes embrace beats an education. His compassion drives him to run towards, embrace, kiss him with the affection of a father. And what does Jesus say to us? In Luke 6, 36, he says, be merciful even as your father is merciful. And those two words are often interchangeable, mercy and compassion. To love like the father, sometimes we must pray, what must I do before, what must I say? And when we look around us and we deal with people around us who are lost, again, not just sons that are lost, children that are lost, but anyone who is lost in the ways that we described earlier, what must I do before what must I say to them? What compassion and mercy must I show to them before I have any conversations about where they've traveled and what they've done? In this story, Jesus tells the Father is remarkable. And it's a bar many of us dads aspire to be and to do. This remarkable dad displays unconditional love and abounded restraint. Because how does he do that? How does he show both unconditional love and this bounded restraint? In 1 Corinthians 13, 5 and 7, we hear this. Love does not insist on its own way, but love bears all things. See, love lets the younger son leave, lets him go on his own way. Love lets his older son leave as well. And see, the older son, he thought everything was fine. He thought he was good. He thought he was there with the father, but he felt entitled to the possessions. He felt like he had a place that couldn't be uh, messed with. And he, his heart had grown far from his father as well. And it's the father's love and restraint that allows his children to do what they do. Because love is never about control. It's about serving. Often, a lot of what being a good father, and for some cases, moms who have to be both mother and father, looking uh, like our father means this. It means showing up. Showing up again and again. And when you do show up, you show up in humility. Because if we pick up the story again in Luke 15, 21 to 24, it says this. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe 
which probably would be one of his own robes, and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. That robe of his father's, that ring of his father's and shoes would indicate that he's not a servant at all. He is not second class in the family, that he has that family heritage. He has that family belonging. He has the rights and, and responsibilities and position of a son. And bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Something that would not be done on a regular basis. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Notice in the father's response, there's no I told you so speech. There's no reprimand. There's no conditions. There's no contract. Just humility. And something else, joy, joy. Because salvation is not about being good or a better person. It's about being home. And it's so hard to forgive sometimes when you feel superior to another, isn't it? And so we humble ourselves to be able to say welcome home to those who are lost. Because that's exactly what the older brother wouldn't do. Verses 27 to 28, we read that they came out to the brother because he wouldn't come in from the field. And they said, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. And his father came out and entreated him. Notice, the father, he went out to the younger son. He was looking for the younger son. Why? Because... We never find God unless he finds us first. We love because he loved us first. But yet the father also goes out to the older son because reconciliation always begins with him and then is given to us. See, the elder son lacked the compassion of the father. The elder son thought only of what he would have to do the fact that he'd have more responsibility. He'd have to manage his brother now, not what he had gained, the fact that he had lost a brother and now had regained that brother. The elder son is home. He has the home. Everything in the home is his, but his heart is far from his father. It's in the possessions that he wants from his father. The challenge for us today as a church is this, that too many times we act as the elder son to one another, when what we really need is the Father's heart. We look at what we've gained in Christ and we want to hold on to it and we want to hold our position and we want to hold on to what we think following God looks like. When instead, we should have the Father's heart to say, welcome home, welcome home, come in, come in. You may have squandered everything that I've given you in life, but there's still a place for you at the table. Lord, help us to live more like the Father. And so how do we do this? The prodigal son is really a story about two sons, isn't it? Not just one, but a second son. But if you allow me just to pull out a little bit farther, there's a third son. And the third son is the one who's telling the story. A son who understands the heart of his father, and he acts on it. See, in love, Jesus left his father's house looking for us. 
He went to a foreign place and gave away all that he had and returned to his father's house through the cross. In humility, Jesus, sent by the Father to reveal, reveal the Father's love for all of us, for all of us who sometimes can be resentful children, and to offer them a chance to know the joy of the Father. See, Jesus came, and he said this to us, John 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. If we want to have a heart for the Father, if we want to be like our Father in heaven, then we need to follow Jesus. So how do we do that? Three things as we close today. The first is this, live with unending compassion for the lost. Look for them when they are far off. Run and embrace them. So a question we ask ourselves in our hearts today is this. What compassion do we have for those who are lost in some way? What compassion touches our heart for those that in some way, whether it's their direction, their identity, being worn down, uh, losing their first love, what compassion do we have for them? Do we wake up? looking at the window to see who might return home to the Father. Number two, live with unconditional love for the lost. The cost of reconciliation has already been paid for on the cross. So we forgive just as we have been forgiven. So the question we ask in our hearts for this one is this, how quickly do we accept and forgive those who have trespassed against us. How quickly do we accept and forgive those who have caused us loss? The third thing in looking like Jesus and again looking like the Father is this, to live with overwhelming joy when the lost come home. Celebration is the heart of God for those who return to him, isn't it? So the question we ask ourselves here is, do we share the Father's heart when the lost return home? How do we celebrate? What does it look like for the lost to return home? That is a huge question, isn't it? How do we live with that overwhelming joy? And I have one more question, or one more series of questions. It's this. Do you know the Father's compassion, love, and joy. Maybe you're here in the room or on Zoom listening in and you feel lost. You feel, for whatever reason you feel lost, whether you've wandered away, whether you just feel like your identity is, is tossed around or you feel directionless, whatever it is that has made you feel quote-unquote lost, I want you to know this. If you need to hear that today, that Jesus and the Father, not only do they stand, they do more than that. They've been looking, they've been waiting, and now they're actually running to you to say, welcome home. So if you're here today listening online or live in person and you feel lost at all, hear the Father's heart to you. Welcome home. He wants to embrace you, put a ring on your finger, sandals on your feet, and a robe over you, and say, my son, my daughter has come home.
because he loves you with unconditional love. He has unending compassion and overwhelming joy for you. This morning as we close, I'd love to honor Danny McNulty for sharing his story. Such a beautiful testimony of what God has done in his life of overwhelming grief, but overwhelming compassion and love and forgiveness. I'd also love to honor uh, Pastor Barry, the father of Life Center, who began and started Life Center uh, 40 years ago this year. We honor him for being a father of the house. Yeah. And we honor his son, Pastor Jason, who has taken over and uh, carried on in that same capacity and same heart as a church and as a staff and on behalf of you um, and all of our campuses, we have given Pastor Barry and Pastor Jason a gift um, for when things start to return back to normal. Um, they are both, uh, Pastor Barry is, is somewhat of a Leafs fan and Pastor Jason is somewhat of a Sens fan, so we've bought them tickets to the first Leafs-Sens games that we can get them to. Yeah. So they can have a father-son moment. And also, uh, and also out to a restaurant for that evening once things get back to, back to normal. So on your behalf, we've done that just to honor them as our uh, spiritual fathers in the house. And I'd love to honor all, again, all of you who are fathers in some way here, whether that's a spiritual father, uh, whether it's a biological father, an adoptive parent, step-parent, um, whether you've... Uh, been a spiritual parent here, taking care of uh, our youngest ones in, in uh, our kids' ministry, mentored a young man or a young person at all, we want to honor you. And I have a, just a Father's Day prayer to close uh, today, um, just to bind our hearts to the Father's heart. So won't you pray with me before Pastor Ingrid uh, comes back. Our Father, who is in heaven, your name is holy and yet we can call you Abba or Daddy. Your kingdom reigns in heaven and will on earth, calling all who are lost home. Your will, it will be done as your love calls out to those who have lost their way. You give us all we need. Your compassion awaits those who have suffered loss. Help us to forgive those who have caused us loss, just as your forgiveness fills the separation that sin created between us. You never lead us to temptation, but you save us from the enemy who would ensnare us to be lost. Lead us to love like you, Father. Lead us to be compassionate like you, Father. Lead us to have joy in the salvation of the lost like you, Father. With our eyes firmly planted on your son, Jesus, who reflects this all, and with our spirits aligned to your spirit that empowers us to live this out, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.